Being number one isn't easy. Well, okay, it is. What up, y'all? I am your host, Young Smooth, and you are tuned into another episode of Kicking It with Young Smooth, the podcast where I chill out, rant, and rave about whatever the fuck is going on. And I'm gonna tell y'all, today's episode is gonna be a lot of cursing. I'm so sorry in advance. I know I right had a couple of sips of the goddamn Hennessy. I am upset about a few topics, and I'm trying not to be upset like that for 2021. I really am not. I truly am not. I am truly trying to be a better person, a better me, but clearly y'all won't let me do it. You just won't. Okay. But don't forget that you can check me out on SoundCloud, iTunes, TuneIn, Google Music, which is now YouTube Music, and the Google Podcast Player. Don't forget for Apple users, use your Purple Podcast Player, Spotify, and also YouTube. The show will be coming back. I keep saying that every week. I understand that, but working on a few things behind the scenes, trying to get a few things right and want to make sure that that happens. All right, so last week's kick that lyric. Did y'all get it? A few people actually tuned in and some people did receive it. And it was, of course, Ashanti. It was actually one of my favorite songs on the Ashanti remixes. 
which was called Still On It, which actually had Method Man and Paul Wall on there. So, one of my favorite songs. Make sure y'all go check that out. That is a dope album. It is definitely one for the books. The B-O-O-K-S. The books. The books. Um, <laughs> yeah. Definitely want to hand it to today. Alright, so let's go into the new Kick That Lyric. This one comes from one of my favorite rap artists. It's actually a duo project. It technically didn't really do well, but it is actually one of my favorites. And as a matter of fact, I was talking to Old Beats the other night, and I was like, yo, um, I was actually grow up having this shit. And I was like, yo, there is certain music that just really fits a specific time frame and works well with a specific time frame. And so I was like, this particular album fits amazingly well with the wintertime. And I was listening to, um, while like part of that day, I was listening to, um, living off experience by the locks. And y'all know if anybody's been listening to the show, I love that album right now. And I was like, "Mm, it's funny. It doesn't fit into my wintertime agenda. It really fits into the summertime. And maybe because it was last year when it came out and I was like, yo, this is great. I like this. This is what's up. So this one is from that duo of artists. And it is one of my favorite albums it did not have a video so it's gonna be a deep dive for anyone who is a hip-hop head and has listened to this music and in addition part of this verse was recited when the person won an award and i think it was bet i want to say yeah it was bet they won a bet award i won't tell you for what category but they the person did want to win a bet award And in the King's English, it goes a little something like this. Y'all bitches got fat while we starve. Shots in your ass, pads in your bra. Y'all some liars. It ain't no facts in your songs. And yeah, that crown is coming back to the Bronx. Take away their stylus. They don't know what style is. I've been fly since junior high, bitch. You, the biggest bird on Sesame Street. And I'ma scramble your egg, keep running your beak. I keep my gat, my strap, my gun, my heat. I love my rat, my paps, my son, my weed. Y'all hoes behind, below, under, beneath. Not nair, not none, not one could fuck with me. See, when it comes to this rap shit, Rem's fantastic. I'm good money, yeah. Paper or plastic. My shit tight. Spandex, elastic. Your shit shaggy. Mr. Boombastic. Alright, y'all. So, if you do know who that particular artist may be... Please make sure that y'all comment below, and in addition, hit me on Instagram. You can always DM me, um, or in addition, you can also hit me on Twitter at K-I-W Young Smooth. Yeah, I'm saying kicking it with Young Smooth, and or you can also hit me on Facebook, so I'll repost the actual phrase and see if anyone can guess what album that is coming from. Alright, so now it is time for the recheta, the recheta and ridiculados. I don't know if those are words, but they sound amazing. Recheta o 
Ridiculados. No. Matter of fact, Recheta y Ridiculados. There you go. I don't know if that if ridiculous is, is that word for that. I don't I don't think that is that word, but it's, it sounds good. Anyway. <laughs> I'm in this bitch tripping tonight, boy. I'll tell you. Cardi B announces new single up. Cardi B is going all the way up after teasing a big announcement. The Bronx rapper was re- has revealed that her new single Up will drop Friday, February 5th. She shared the sexy artwork, which features her swinging in a bubble chair while suspended over a pool overlooking the city. <clears throat> she quotes, my new single Up drops this Friday. Let's go. Hashtag Up. Up marks the follow-up to Cardi's B hit single with Make the Stallion WAP, which topped the Billboard Hot 100s and was certified platinum. Her new album and highly anticipated follow-up to the 2018 Invasion of Privacy is expected to arrive later this year. She states, my music is always going to make a woman feel like a big bitch. I'm assuming that's the way she said it. Um... (laughs) Uh, make a woman feel like she is the baddest bitch in our room to me. That's female empowerment, she told Elle in the August edition. But this album is going to be really different, of course. It's going to have my lemonade moments, my personal relationship moments. Cardi is also headed back to the big screen. She landed her first starring movie in the upcoming Paramount comedy, Assisted Living. Um, so what I've actually heard about with assistant living is I think she's supposed to be paying, playing like a Puerto Rican grandmother or something, which I mean, it's not, it, it, it's, it's, as long as she ain't on the pole, it's fine. I mean, I, I guess it will be okay. Like she didn't really have a real big role in Hustlers. So, you know, there's that, but I mean, it's good. It's good stuff. I'm, I'm glad that Cardi is working. Now one would say, Troy, you just, <clears throat> you just really went in and said that you would punch Cardi in the face. I did say that. I did. I was mad with Cardi with her having all those people at Thanksgiving. And especially, you know, after I had Corona and shit. So I, I was very passionate about that. Taking sips. Um, mm. However, um, yeah, so I, I'm, I'm excited. Um, I was able to go on YouTube and... I heard some of it. Um, it was, <coughs> excuse me, it was kind of distorted a little bit. Um, so I'm not quite sure how the feel is going to be for this, but who knows? Who knows? Um, Cardi's been really, really, really consistent on hits at this point. She has been very consistent on hits. Um, she definitely has had some flops. Like there have been other features, uh, that she's done that hasn't really gone as well as it may have seemed or needed to be. Um, she's, she's not the queen of y'all right now. Who I'm talking about. <laughs> you ain't got to go into detail about who I'm talking about. You know what I'm saying? Cause there's a queen of features and I'm, that's <laughs> I'm saying. Um, but yeah, uh, congratulations to the new situation for Cardi. I really hope that that happens. I'm looking forward to that. Um, moving on. Are y'all ready to whip a nene? Well, I guess not. Cause Salento is arrested for allegedly murdering his cousin. I did not read this article, but I am concerned. 
Salento has been arrested for allegedly murder for the alleged murder of his cousin, the Watch Me Whip and Nene rapper born Richard Ricky Lamar Hawk, was taken into custody on Monday, February 11th, and charged with the murder of 34-year-old Frederick Rooks, according to Georgia's DeKalb County Police Department. Authorities responded to the call of a person shot inside a home on January 21st around 3.30 a.m. See, nothing can come good when y'all motherfuckers be out at 3 o'clock in the morning. See, this is that's, that's shit. Um, rocks sustained gunshot wounds to the face and legs, damn, and was bleeding severely. An officer said he felt a possible faint pulse when he arrived, but Rock was pronounced dead at the scene, reports XXL. Eight bullet casings were reportedly found at the scene. Authorities have launched an investigation into Rock's death, but they still don't have a clear motive behind the shooting. This is the latest run in the Salento running for Salento. Back in October, he was busted for driving 143 miles per hour. God damn, where was you going? Prior to that, in August, he was arrested and charged with two felony counts of of assault with a deadly weapon after he allegedly entered a stranger's house and threatened them with a hatchet. What the fuck is going on, Salento? Damn. Excuse me. Salento is best known for his 2015 hit Watch Me Whip and Nene, which peaked at number three on the Billboard Hot 100s and spawned a viral dance craze. Uh, Okay, sir, sir, young man, I done heard, let me tell you something, I done heard a whole lot on the block about Salento, okay? I heard some shit that I really won't even say on this platform. He done done some freaky shit. He is out here wilding. And that is why what I believe wholeheartedly is this. If you are going to have a career in music, you need to be brand conscious and know what that brand is going to be. And make sure that a brand appeals to everybody and is able to evolve. I don't think that Salento can evolve from the whip and nene. You feel what I'm saying to you? Like MC Hammer will never be able to evolve away from can't touch this. You feel what I'm saying to you? Or even pumps in a bump. I, I posted that the other day. I was like, ooh, pumps in a bump. Um, but I don't think that, you know, you, you have to be brand conscious and allow your brand to be able to say that it can elevate beyond what you do now because you may not feel a whip and nene five to six years from now. You, you may not feel that way. So, um, I, that does not dispute what has happened. And I'm hoping that you did not murder your own cousin. Cause I don't think that that is positive. I think that is some bullshit. Um, you know, families get into disputes all the time, but if you got to murder somebody, that's one thing, <clears throat> but then you go on 143 miles per hour. I mean, sir, where are you going? What, what, what is going on? I, I feel like you had, I honestly, I feel like there's something mentally wrong in his life and that he has a death wish because there is no reason for you to be busting up in strangers' homes. You busting up in strangers' homes. And in addition, you motherfucking got, where you, where did you get the hatchet from? Where, like, what is, what is, I, you know what? Moving on, these niggas. 
I be trying to tell y'all, I don't have time for the niggas today. I don't. The game says, oh, I'm sorry. We are moving on. Apologies. Next story. The game says he's the best rapper from Compton. It, it always gets dicey when rappers declare themselves the best of something. So let's read this article because who knows? So <clears throat> y'all know what? This is my show, and I'm gonna do what I want to. I have to. I have to cut this in. Say, hold on one second. Y'all just gonna hear a whole bunch, a whole lot, a whole lot. Of, I don't give a shit. This goddamn incident got me choking in this bitch. Whoop, y'all done heard that. I know you sitting there like, what the fuck? Did this nigga just get up from the situation? Yes, I wanted my, my room to smell good. And now it does, which is nice. But at the same token, as I'm trying to do this, I'm choking like a motherfucker. Like, goddamn, okay. Don't make no damn sense. Shit. Can barely breathe. I'm trying to give y'all the motherfucking information. This is some bullshit. <laughs> I would cut that out, but I just, I actually don't care. I do, I just don't. I, I had to get up. That was some bullshit. Um, what am I doing? Okay. So, <clears throat> the game says that he is the best rapper from Compton. The rapper, the game, is crowning himself the king of Compton. Okay. <laughs> While on the clubhouse, okay, and let me stop, I'm gonna stop right there. I know that I just only read like three or four words. However, um, I'm kind of disappointed with the whole Clubhouse situation. I hate the fact that it is iPhone exclusive. Like, we all want to be a part of this, but clearly <clears throat> that ain't going to happen. But um, I'm kind of grateful that I'm not because y'all do some fuckery on Clubhouse. Like, it is fuckery for real from what I've heard. So I am an Android user. Don't judge my goddamn life. I, the only reason I do that is because... I like to be able to do different shit with my phone that is not strategic to what y'all bullshit is. And to be honest with you and 100%, as this is not a phone portion of the conversation, we all have the same piece of plastic that we are paying entirely too much money for in our motherfucking pockets that all pretty much does the same thing. Oh, but I can FaceTime. Do you know if you really want to contact me, you can duo me. It is Google Duos. It is a simple app. Anybody can use it. It is so simple. I don't give a fuck. Let us not do that. Fight me in the comments. Anyway, back to what I was saying. While on Clubhouse, don't talk to me like that. I said what I said. <clears throat> while on Clubhouse, um, sorry, while on the Clubhouse chat with Crooked Eye and Glass Malone, see, I don't like none of these names, on Saturday night, January 30th, the West Coast rapper engaged in a discussion about the greatest rappers from Compton. And Game didn't hesitate to lay claim to the throne. Can't nobody in Compton... Over, I'm sorry, his voice don't sound like that. Can't nobody, <laughs> can't nobody in Compton out-rap Game, nigga. Can't nobody in Compton out-rap me, he declared. However, his fellow clubhouse members, his fellow sorry clubhouse members, argued that the title belongs to another one of Compton's own, Kendrick Lamar. But Game was quick to defend his name. Kendrick is my nigga, he said. Kendrick do his shit. I love that nigga to death. I mean, a lot of nigga like <clears throat> nigga. I f I flew past Kendrick <clears throat> when that nigga was on foot, nigga. In, nigga in a Range Rover and showed him how to do this shit. Don't play. Don't play the game name. 
Mm. Compton nigga, hardest nigga in Compton, rapping lyric lyricist me, <laughs> my nigga. That's I just I, all of this is wrong. My any nigga that say different, I'll body him and any nigga he fuck with. <clears throat> I'm just I'm just gonna take another sip because this is unnecessary. Mm. JC on JC on real quick you do know you was on like a, a episode and this is only like UPN of like love it or leave it or something like this before he ever got famous and the bitch dumped you so real quick you not really the hardest rapping Compton <clears throat> secondly the vast majority of your lyrics and I'm being I'm being honest. I love game. Let me be clear. Really do love game, but I'm I'm very critical of what it is. Lyrics wise, yes, absolutely. But one of the main lyrics to know for a fact that game is relevant for fucking Melissa Ford and the Honda Accord. Like that's that's a line. That's the shit that you know. However, I, I'm, I'm led to believe that yes, game. You are a an amazing rapper from Compton. Um, I believe that Kendrick surpasses you because he paints a picture in every album that he has <clears throat> in the beginning of your career. Let's be clear: there were a hundred and one singles. There were singles that didn't meld an album together, but you showed him. You showed niggas how to do that. When I tell you Kendrick can meld an album together, call me, <clears throat> ring smooth phone when you got a Pulitzer for your album. Oh, don't nobody want to talk about that? Oh, don't nobody want to say nothing about that? Oh, we don't want to talk about the fact that this man wrote a whole album that came with a lot of radio play and literally redefine the sculpture of what Compton rap sounds like. Now, my top three in Compton, period. Four, actually. is going to be NWA as the GOATs, of course. You're going to have the game. You're Well, not, and, and this is not in no particular order. You're going to have the game. You're going to have Kendrick. And you're going to have YG. Like, hands down. My Brazy Life, bruh, favorite fucking album Best workout album ever. <clears throat> Excuse me. It feels like um, like my Brazy Life for me for YG was my workout album. It was one of the times I got my body in the in some good shape. You feel me? And I'm ready to get back into that. <laughs> the kid about to look real good in the summertime. You know <laughs> Hide your wife. That's all I'm saying. Anyway, but I don't feel that game is necessarily the best out of that melting pot like yo there are so many people that come out of Compton you know what I'm saying to you and not even that if you just want to put LA on your back and just put the whole Los Angeles situation on your back there are many rappers that come out of that area and it's completely different and they have a sound and their sound is amazing so you is the king Mm, I say that you are a legend in the game. I don't think that you're an undisputed king. Here's a here's the difference though. Like Ti, I give you although and and two disclaimer one disclaimer. 
And then I'm gonna get back into what I was just saying. One disclaimer, I am not doing this T.I. story today. That is not a story that I am touching. I am, I'm not talking about it. I don't care. It is what it is. So, but the difference with T.I. and the game is that T.I. declared this years ago and nobody disputed it. Nobody ever disputed that he was the king of the South. He was like, I'm the king of the South. And nobody disputed that. And at the time, it was like, you know, plus the South was really new, this, that, and the third. L.A. and Compton has had their pulse on that West Coast situation for quite a while. So I would never say that you're the king of Compton when you, when Ice Cube is still living. And, and not that not, I, nobody's checking for Ice Cube and music right now. I get that. You can't also be the king of Compton when you have a youngster as as not even a protege, but someone who came up under you who literally is surpassing you. So don't come for Kendrick when I mean you didn't come for Kendrick. You love Kendrick. I see that. But at the end of the day, sir, your king crown that you should have took from Compton has clearly passed. So no. Moving on. Mm-mm. Not gonna be able to do it. Um <clears throat> So we're going to get a little messy because what a mess. Method Man's wife slams Wendy Williams over one night stand allegations. I don't, I can't make this shit up. I really can't. I really can't. And, and you know what? For those that know when I pause, you know what my face look like. That shit is crazy. Method Man's wife is firing back at Wendy Williams claimed to have a one night stand with Wu-Tang rapper. After years of silence, Tamika Smith slammed the talk show host for her unhealthy fixation with her husband of 20 years, including recent claims from Williams that she hooked up with Method Man in the 90s. During the interview with DJ Suss, one of the um, promoters, sorry, one to promote her lifetime biopic and I, that is another thing and I know I'm being petty right now biopic or biopic I, I call it a biopic but I guess because it doesn't have a hyphen in it it may be biopic I don't know um, Williams alleged that their one night stand occurred back in her coke days she states I smoked a blunt with Method Man while I gave him a bath and it was a one night stand she said adding and he'll deny it Maybe not. Um, let's footnote this. Uh, yeah. So, a couple of things. Let me let me get you guys up to speed. Whoever has not, and I think a lot of people have seen it, has been definitely viewed. Um, I, Lifetime for the last two weeks has definitely had some great stuff on it. They had the Salt and Pepper story, which I talked about last week, which I think was a fucking travesty. And they also recently, and I recently watched it, they had the Wendy Williams story, um, along with the documentary that had followed behind the biopic. So it was really good. It was. I really would say I love Wendy's hustle. I think that she is definitely, she is definitely the queen of media. She is. Um, she definitely started with outing a lot of celebrities. That was definitely her thing. Um, I watched this movie and one of the things that I definitely noticed was a level of, uh, lack of self-esteem. You know what I'm saying? To like, Wendy, you did not love you. And that was 
very evident and very, very clear. Um, it showed where the lack of self-esteem came came from. It showed how Kevin Hunter took over her life. If you if you aren't up on the story story, make sure y'all go look at it. Um, but I don't see it, it's weird because it was like you told us everything else, but what didn't make sense was all of a sudden now on your show you want to talk about Method Man. Like that was an affair that you could have definitely kept to yourself. Now, um, she talked about having a relationship with Eric B. Well, a fuck shit with Eric B. Because Eric B. fucked her over. Um, she did not talk about her first husband. She said that her son was off limits. She talked about miscarriages. She talked about her cocaine habits. She talked about rehab. She talked about Calvin cheating. Um, so she talked about like a hell, hell a lot of stuff, but I don't think that this was necessary because number one, you talked about this issue and this issue never saw the light of day in the movie to begin with. So what was the point after 20, 30 years? Like that doesn't make any sense. Continuing with the article, <clears throat> Williams, who says the incident was left out of the biopic because Method Man is still very angry at me, um, was at the club partying with Wu-Tang when the rapper approached her. I guess I batted my eyes and rocked my shoulders and I said, you know, you want to come over? He said, yeah, I'll follow you. Um, I'm not going to footnote this yet. Uh, they went back to her Jersey penthouse where the where she bathed him in her jacuzzi tub and smoked more weed. When Sus1 asked if they were all the way, if they went all the way, Williams responded, yes. But the allegations didn't sit well with Method Man's wife. Taking to Instagram on Monday, February 1st, Tamika Smith released a scathing statement in response to the verbal attacks from Wendy, from Wendy Williams, whom she claims one of the most miserable bitches on the planet. That's a thing. So, <clears throat> Tamika says, for years, I kept my silence, but Wendy Williams launched consistent verbal attacks against my husband, myself, and our family in the past. I ignored her lies, innuendos, and blatant attempts to provoke us. But Wendy has proven again and again that she is incapable of any decency. <clears throat> Her obsession with our lives has reached a new low, and I am tired of taking the high road, began Smith. Despite my anger, I chose not to respond publicly to her unhealthy fixation with my husband and our marriage. It was clear that she was sick and that she was struggling with a lot of issues, including self-hate and low self-esteem. She also brought up William's material issue and struggles with substance abuse. Over the years, as she continues, over the years, those issues have made her incredibly ugly, both inside and out. And no amount of plastic surgery can fix the ugliness inside of her. Instead of her using her platform to uplift women, sorry, she has spent her career attacking marriages while her own fell apart. She criticized celebrities battling addictions despite her own struggles with substance abuse. There's no limit to how low she will go in the name of making headlines. Addie Smith, her career is on life support. Her husband abandoned her and the ratings for 
all of her projects are down. She's desperate for attention and is trying to use my husband's popularity as a way to get her name trending. How sad that a woman who has once revered in the entertainment industry as has reduced herself to a tabloid side note and circus freak. She added by addressing her own 20 year marriage to Method Man for the record. My marriage is solid. My husband continues to enjoy a successful career and Wendy will forever be one of the most miserable bitches on the planet. Um, and then 50 cent came in and troll. I'm not even going to go into that, but yes, so for those that don't know, which you should know, of course, if you got stars, Method Man is on power. So Method Man's career is blossoming. Uh, one of the things that this particular article did not mention, um, but it is a thought process that we do need to think about is, um, and I remember this, I, which is hilarious that I do remember this. I remember the Wendy Williams experience. I remember they used to take snippets from like the, the radio shows and all of this stuff. Um, but she did speak about Method Man um, having his wife having cancer. Now, the questions need to be asked, um, how did she know about that? Now, there's a part in the movie, and it's a part where Wendy's about to do some coke, and she's in a bathroom stall, and a random person starts to dish dirt about somebody else, you know, that's in the industry, and was like, hey, you're Wendy from the radio, girl, I got some, I got some dirt from you. And it's funny because I watched a lot of like YouTubers that that do this and they commentate on it and so on and so forth. And those that you know kind of get the get the scoop, get the dirt. I watched them today, and a lot of them were like, "Yo, that's kind of how we get our dirt." You know what I'm saying? To like people just randomly tell us, "Hey, I know X Y Z, and you should put this on your platform so everybody can know." And da 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 da. That's usually how that happens. So, my thought process behind this, just like everybody else's, because I came up with the same conclusion as well, is how did she know that Method Man's wife had cancer? The answer is, I believe that Method Man told her. I do believe that. Um, And again, my opinion just doesn't state it as fact, but just my opinion. Um, But what I do feel from what his wife has said is that it's... It, it doesn't seem like it, it was necessary because you have to ask you you have to ask this question: Was this hookup or this one night stand situation before he got married or after he got married? Now I see what fueled it. Even if it was before, I see what fueled this. What fueled this was the fact that. You already out of her about having cancer. And apparently this is before like her friends, family, anybody else knew it was on the radio that she had cancer. So you feel this is fueled by that. And then now you're you're 20 years, 20 some odd years later, 25 years later, you're still talking about her husband to sensationalize. It's like, did Method Man lay the dick on you? Because clearly, clearly he must have. Clearly he must have because you're still talking about him. And, like, nobody asked for this particular piece of information. Like, if that wasn't something that you were sharing in the the biopic, like, you really kind of could have left that to the side, Wendy. Like, nobody cared. And, furthermore, it's like, yo, you added that in and... That you added that piece of information, and nobody nobody asked for this piece of information, and it wasn't even in the biopic. So what difference did it make? Like, what was the point? But I definitely 
I, I tip my hat off to what the the biopic was. The biopic was definitely good. It definitely um, showed me a whole new light in Wendy. I felt horrible, horrible for her with the miscarriages. Like, yo, the miscarriages situation, that shit fucked me up as a man. I was like, damn, to have an abortion because she aborted Eric B. and Rakim, which is another thing. And shout out to Funky Duniva because that made me think about this. Shout out to Funky Duniva slash Quentin. Um, did you tell that man that you had an abortion? Or is he just finding out over 20 some odd years later? Like, that 20, 30 years later, like, that is something to think about. That is weird. Anyway, um, but it was, um, but yeah, the miscarriage situations were really, really heart-wrenching. Like, I was like, damn, yo, that's, that's fucked up. So, you had the abortion, you had a miscarriage at, like, uh, seven weeks, I think they said. I can't remember. It was, like, 17, maybe 17. I think it was, like, 17 weeks. And then you had a another miscarriage at five months. And then you had another miscarriage at five months. And I'm assuming that both meaning that both babies were stillborn. And you had to push them out and have like a funeral. for Like, yo, that is the wildest shit ever to just think about and then to find out that you know your your uterus couldn't hold a baby unless you were on bed rest like you walking around doing extra stuff was that and I, and, and it was funny because like yo when that part happened there was like a silver lining like oh i can have a baby i just have to take the extra precautions and i love that and i was like okay well that is awesome i was like you know and so she had a beautiful son so on and so forth um I think the the ultimate heart-wrenching situation for her was definitely finding out that her man had a whole nother life. Like, she wasn't even... And I've watched interviews, and I just recently watched another interview that had Wendy on it recently. And she was not worried about the dipping and dabbing. She wasn't worried about the motherfucking cheating. And a lot of times, I think a lot of people are not worried about the cheating. Because here's the thing, you can go out and fuck. All these different bitches, all these different niggas. And don't nobody really want to know about it. That ain't really the thing. But as long as you keep the house happy and you don't bring nobody nothing back, most people, you'd be surprised, are very satisfied with this. I don't, I don't, I, I don't condone it. I'm just saying most people are usually satisfied with it. However, you have to realize that the emotional cheating and the emotional affection situation is way more don't allow me to give you all of me and then emotionally your ass is somewhere the fuck else and his was a grandiose emotional your shit was a grandiose emotional to the point where your fucking ass had a whole wife that lived a few miles down like like she said she said like 10 miles down the road okay uh, had a whole nother girlfriend 10 miles down the road and then you had where the part gets fucked up and I could see a lot of women being fucked up by that. Then you had a whole baby with this bitch. So now your emotional situation doesn't mean anything. Now you have a connection and tied to this bitch. So I see where this 
fucked Wendy up. She didn't have any self-esteem, so on and so forth. But circling back to the Method Man situation, I either think that if it was before his marriage, his wife needs to calm down. If it was during the marriage, if it was during the marriage for whatever reason, then she got every right to throw all this vitriol her way. Um... So, yeah, so that, those are my thoughts on that. I, again, great biopic, so on and so forth. Um, I got a couple of things to go on to, and then we're going to get into the album. And I love this album, too, and we'll talk about that. Uh, but let's go ahead and take a quick break, and we will be right back. What up, y'all? This week's episode is sponsored by Butter for Every Season. Once again, that's Butter for Every Season. Go to ButterForEverySeason.com. It's where you'll find the most amazing body butters that will leave your melanin feeling amazing. So make sure you check out my girl, Misha Beverly, with her black-owned, black-operated project for Butter for Every Season. Once again, that's Butter. Winter, spring, summer, fall. Butter for Every Season. Check them out and uh, let's get back to the show. All right, all right, all right. What up, y'all? We back. Had to take a quick break, but hopefully you like the sponsor ad, which is nice. So, um, first sponsor ad, very, 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 very excited. Yay! Uh, so let's continue with Ratchet and Ridiculous. Okay, so this one I'm not going to read the article because I'm actually pissed. So, yeah, there's that. Um, what I really, really want to understand is. Do I need to play the Marvin Gaye song at this moment? Like, what is going on? We are only literally, what, 33 days into the year? Like, help me understand what is going on. So, today... It, um, I'm in Maryland and it was snowing and Monday was kind of hard and you know it was my day off and today's Tuesday and I'm like alright cool I'm gonna just go ahead and take a break and I was like oh, alright back no problem I'm gonna go ahead and not go to work today so I get on social media like I do alright cool and I see something that's on Instagram and it's blocked and it says you know if this is sensitive um, material maybe everybody should watch it it's Triggering, which is usually usually what they do when they do and hide sensitive material. Okay, cool, no problem. No, no less than ten minutes later. And Ali, I love you, so this is not an attack on you. I'm not saying that, but my homeboy Ali also sends me the same message that I was trying to avoid. The only reason I know it was the same one because I read the caption. I never looked at the video. I said, "Nah, I'm not doing this." Why? And Raw was it? Did it say Rochester? Because let me at least give you that. Yes, Rochester officer suspended after video shows nine-year-old getting pepper sprayed. This is from the Washington Post. Why? 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 What in the whole fuck? I don't care. Who called the police on that girl? I don't care if her mother was acting a black ass fool. I don't care what that circumstance was. When you are over a hundred pounds more than that little girl was pepper spray, was mace, 
necessary. Oh, by the way, if you're listening to this show and you didn't realize what she was, she was black. When when are we going to say enough is enough? Because you don't give a fuck about us. And I, you already know they don't give a fuck about our babies. Look at fucking Trayvon Martin. Yes, we still need to say his name. You know they don't give a fuck about our babies. Look at Breonna Taylor. You know they don't give a fuck about our people. Look at George Floyd. We still need to say their names. We need to say their names every fucking day. It is Black History Month. We need to say their motherfucking names. But this shit right here is, it takes the fucking cake. And my next story takes the cake too. Let's be clear. But when I'm telling you like, yo, this makes no fucking sense. The girl, yo, the girl was, I don't care what was happening. The girl was nine years old. Nine years old. Allegedly, I'm hearing that she was a foster child. Not that any, nothing else that you say to this makes any of this any better. When you're an officer, and I get that you don't want to use the overpowering, you don't want to use brute force. We're not saying that. But if you have children at home, and you need to discipline them, or you have you have children or someone that has a mental disability or whatever it could be you can let me tell you something I was talking to my stepmother about this I was like yo and I'm not saying this to be to be an asshole but if my 11 year old little cousin came at me and tried to attack me I'm a 200 something 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 pound man I would knock that little nigga out. You know what I'm saying? And, and, and granted, I ain't talking about putting hands on, on, on no children. I'm not saying that. But I'm saying if it had to be me and him, it definitely would have been, I definitely would have been taking you out. Fuck that. Bottom line, you are a fucking child. And I'm definitely going to restrain you. You are a fucking child. I'm not hurting you, but I will definitely restrain you if you're going to attack. You are a child. This wasn't even a 16-year-old child where I could have said, mm, maybe, you know, look, these, these niggas eat this chicken, this shit. Yeah, this shit out here. I could have at least said maybe. But nine years old, you don't even know if your fucking coochie stink at this point. Nine years old don't make no fucking sense. It don't. And those officers were white. Are they going to get justice? Because here's the thing. Despite all of the bullshit about what was happening, that is still one of our queens. We need to stop letting shit like this slide. It ain't okay. It's not okay. It's not okay that she was nine years old. It's not okay. No, I don't give a fuck what the instance was. This is a kid that's just like the time that y'all mother y'all motherfucking crack a bit i'm gonna stop i'm gonna stop because that's my stepmother coming out at me that's just like the time those officers ended up <laughs> i had to say that about that stepmother part but y'all ended up putting y'all back y'all knees on the backs of black kids that were at a pool like, yo, I have to question what level of sense does it make? Because you don't do this to your kids. And if it happened to your kids, you would fucking have niggas hung. But y'all okay? Like, yo, shit has got to stop. And furthermore, y'all bitches, this dumb shit like this doing Black History Month? 
If you wanted to coax niggas, you would stop doing dumb shit, especially during Black History Month. Like, yo, this is a clear indication. Get your shit ready because they don't care. They do not give two flopping fucks about us, about anything. And as we talk about that and not giving a fuck about us, anything the fuck else... Let's go into the NFL. Oh, y'all thought I wasn't going to cover this one? Oh, I'm covering it. I'm definitely covering it because I think it's the stupidest shit and I already have my my reserves about the NFL as it is. NFL's Chad Wheeler pleads not guilty to three charges after allegedly attacking, after an alleged attack on his girlfriend. Before I begin, trigger warning. Number one, trigger, trigger. Um, number two, if you beat this girl into unrecognizable, you have a fucking problem. There are so many, so many issues that are already wrong with this and I'm going to go into the story first before I take my side notes because if I forget, I'm going to be fucking mad. Here we go. Y'all saw I had to grip my teeth? I'm mad. NFL offensive lineman Chad Wheeler has pleaded not guilty to three criminal charges. This just days after he was accused of violently beating his girlfriend. The 27-year-old showed up to a courtroom in Kings County, Washington, on Monday and entered the pleas, according to ESPN. He was then ordered to say in the state of Washington and remain under electronic home detention with a monitoring device strapped around his ankle. (laughs) Wheeler, under conditions of his betrayal release, his, his partial release, had already been ordered to have zero contact with the alleged victim. The alleged victim appeared in court for the hearing, and according to ESPN reporter Brady Henderson, he showed, she showed up with a sling around her left arm. As we previously reported, Wheeler was hit with three criminal charges, including first-degree domestic violence assault, after his girlfriend told cops he beat the hell out of her on January 22nd, according... <laughs> Every time I read this, it makes me mad. According to court documents, the woman told law enforcement Wheeler choked her unconscious tw- twice. Twice. Mm-hmm. Made her bleed from her face and severely mangled her arm in a violent attack. Prosecutors said after filing the charges against the former Seattle Seahawks player, the defendant who is is physically conditioned and trained to compete in the highest level of professional sports strangled, suffocated, 
and beat the victim into unconsciousness twice, both times leaving her for dead as blood poured from her nose and mouth and into her stomach and lungs. Wheeler apologized for the incident like... Last week, blaming the entire thing on a manic episode. I apologize profusely for the turmoil that I have caused to my family, teammates, fans, and those closest to me. Wheeler said, the most important thing right now is that the alleged victim, I'm so mad they put alleged in this, you just don't know, gets the care she needs and I get help. Both are happening. Wheeler added his stepping away from football and seeking treatment. The 6'7", 310-pound lineman is facing multiple years behind bars if convicted. Y'all want to talk about it? Y'all, let me, let me, let me take a sip because I'm pissed. Mm, mm, mm. Do we, are we, are we going to talk? Can we talk about it? Can we, we going to talk about it? Okay. Let's talk about it. Okay. Okay. Mm-hmm. First couple, couple things that are wrong with this. <sighs> The NFL is a piece of shit, okay? And I understand that I have a few of Ravens players that live in my complex that I work at that I absolutely love them and I think they're fucking brilliant kids and they're amazing. And I look at them as kids as being damn near 40. So at this point, when you're you, you 27 and I'm 37, there's a big 10-year gap. So at this point, you're a fucking kid. Here is the dilemma. This is the way, so so let me put in context for you real quick before we go any further. This NFL player, first of all, his name was Chad, so therefore, you, you know he white. But his girlfriend was black. Y'all always trying to chase this motherfucking <laughs> white dream, whatever the fuck that is. The reality is, mm, clearly bitch, it ain't no better. And and that's not victim shaming. That's not none of that. That is just an observation. Okay. Starting there. Number one. Number two. The NFL is a piece of shit. The, these boys. Let's just start off with what they said about him first and foremost. He is 6'7", 310 pounds. The vast percentage of that, that poundage is muscle couldn't begin to think otherwise so you mean to tell me that with that percentage of your body being muscle that you didn't think in any kind of way shape or form this little instagram model of a girl you weren't going you weren't going to fuck up in some type of disagreement because you're manic how do you how do you know that you're manic now at this point and there was never any treatment that was resolved out for you? No, because as long as you were producing results on the field, it doesn't matter. And that is what the NFL thrives and prides itself on. As long as there are fucking results on the field, it doesn't matter what the fuck is going on in your personal life. Hang this son of a bitch. Hang him. Hang him him and I don't give a fuck I can look back on this later I don't give a fuck I speak the same way 
And one would say, because I used to say the same shit about, we used to say the same shit about Chris Brown. Like, Chris, this is some bullshit. Why would you do that? One, Chris made the necessities to get the help that he needed for whatever he was going through. I ain't saying all of it was right because it's not because Chris' life's still been fucked up to a degree. You feel what I'm saying to you? But at the same token, he was a child and we shouldn't hold him completely responsible for that. Now, you would say, in turn, smooth, didn't you just say that they, they're children? So, should we hold them in, in return for that? This one is a little bit different. Smidge different. It is a smidge. It is not even a smidge. It is a whole situation different completely it is different from chris brown it is different from ray rice 100 percent. i am not saying that these men did not also abuse their women and i will get to where i feel the solution will be or what that needs to be in a second however holding on to what the solution is um however um this is also like mike tyson He's also going to be categorized in what the solution needs to be. Um, that's just like Mike Tyson, for instance. Mike Tyson's hands are, are, are lethal and they are, they need to be registered because they're technically a lethal weapon. Sir, your body takes massive hits from men that are running 30, 40 miles per hour that are also 300 some odd pounds. That is like a deer hitting your car. Like, that is literally the same thing. He beat her into being unrecognizable the instagram little photo that she posted her with no makeup and her eyes being a glazed and bruised and blood coming out her nose no and then heard in another statement that was not what i read that he was like oh you still alive after he's choked her out for the first time to re-choke her out on the sex, something of that nature. And I may be misquoting that and I'm not, I'm not saying it, but it, it, in general, he did not just, he didn't just do it once. He did it twice. He did it twice. The penalty of us losing, and even, you know what? Let me put OJ Simpson in that side category too. The penalty of losing your job is one thing. But the complete bullshit, the utter bullshit, is that if you do not get the same treatment, ridicule, bullshit that every black athlete has gone through, that's some bullshit. And NFL is fucked up for that. Like, yo, after the Kaepernick situation, I had to stop watching it. I had to stop watching it. I recently just started watching the NFL again. Just recently. And only the Ravens because of my city. But the the honest to God's truth is, it's some bullshit. It is the utter amount of what bullshit is. Y'all only worried about a dollar. Even through a pandemic, you still made sure the professional sports still went on. Why? Because it was only about the dollar. It's not about these athletes. You don't give a fuck about them. I ain't saying they need to play touch or flag football. I'm definitely not saying that. Because of course we all want to see the grid on. We all know that. But that's what we're conditioned to know. That's what we're conditioned to know. Here's part of the solution. Let's get into what I was compacting and compiling. The solution is that we need to also raise our men. Here's the thing. You need to raise your men, our men, black men, white men, men in general, to be 
strong and also understanding. Like, your feelings, your emotions, or whatever, or however this argument started, or whatever. However that situation happened, it had to be something that was deep-seated. Because manicness comes from something that's deep-seated. You have to... You cannot tell me that those lessons are not learned. What was learned in his household was football, football, football. You're a bigger man. A man needs to take care of... like, Like, a woman needs to take care of a man... And that's it. Like, it's so, you could tell it was so black and white. And I'm, yes, am I making a snap judgment? Absolutely. Because at this point, that is the exact way that they make the, the same snap judgments about us. You are white. You should not get any leniency. And just for you being on house arrest, I mean, yo, the way that he beat her, her eyes are glazed over in a level of unconsciousness that is ridiculous. She could have brain damage. You choked her out not once, but twice. She lost oxygen to the brain. This girl may not be the same girl. She don't even look like the same girl. Like, no amount of makeup that she put on right now at this particular point would have her look the same way that she looked in those pictures. It does not. And the pictures are fucking horrible. Hang him. Hang him for his shit. Because what he did, if you didn't, if you, if you strangled her twice, twice, my nigga, that is attempted murder. That is not domestic assault. That is attempted murder. What are we, what are we, what are we talking about? What are you talking about? That is not, what the fuck? Are you fucking kidding me? What in the the fucking hell is that shit? It is not. And I literally, again, was not going to go over this particular story. Why? Because I was like, yo, it it got brought to me. Thank you, Obeats. It got brought to me. Also, in the middle of this, and I'll say it again, shout out to Obeats. Shout out to Zodiac for the amazing beats that you hear in the beginning and now middle and end of the show. Love them dearly. But he brought it to my attention and I was like, yo, I'm not going to talk about this. Like, I try to stay away from the bullshit because I don't want to be that person. But I realize I have to be that person. Yo, y'all fuck ass motherfuckers is watching this bullshit and you're only perpetuating the bullshit. Keep in mind, I say to you that these are children. I'm not saying what he did was right. And I'm not excusing that. And that's just like with Chris Brown. I did not excuse the fact of what he did to Rihanna. That was not the case. But Chris did get some help and his life has changed. He put out the music and he's he's living comfortably and raising his daughter. And it showed. So I'm okay with that right now. It is what it is. We don't hear any more of those things. Since this is new and fresh, I'm giving you the same treatment and the same energy and the same vitriol that I gave Chris Brown at that particular moment. I'm giving that to you now. Sir, Chad, you on some bullshit. I'm not only giving it to you, Chad. I'm giving it to all of the people that have failed you, Chad. All of the people that failed you, Chad, were the, your, your parents and the fucking NFL. Everyone has failed you. They have failed you. They did not teach you right from wrong. They did not teach you to put, don't put your hands on women. You have been led astray. And we, we apologize, Chad. We apologize because as adults, we should have taught you better. When kids like this fail, when shit like that fails, 
That is what you say. You apologize to these children for not leading them in the direction in which they needed to go. And that is the bullshit. Because clearly, something underneath of that was deep-seated and nobody cared because it wasn't about football. It wasn't about you being a man. It wasn't about you reaching the NFL. It was all about you... You you were never, you know, you were never taught and given the tools. Never taught and given the tools. We need to stop as a society. Fuck people. Fuck men. Fuck black. Fuck white. We need to stop as a society setting different boundaries and different rules for our men versus our women. This, that, and the third. We need to stop setting this as a separate boundary. It is not Real. The boundary of love and respect should be even between both sexes. It should not be, it, it shouldn't be black and white. It shouldn't be. My opinion, my opinion is not law. Comment about it below. But what I will say is, nigga, I'm done. So, since I'm done, moving the fuck on. Shit. Why, I don't, you know what? I don't need to stop. This is, why I don't, this is the main reason. The main reason that I do not do these stories. And we already an hour in. Ain't this about a bitch? Uh. Mm. Sorry. This is what happens when you don't have a co-host like that. Um, speaking of which, something might be coming into work. So I might be working on some other stuff. I love y'all for listening. Thank y'all. Oh. And lightening the mood. Because I just did ranted and raved and raved, raved, ranted and raved about all of this shit. Um, thank y'all so, so much for listening. I really, really appreciate it because I have looked again at the numbers and I am always flabbergasted that y'all listening. Like, it's, it's so strange, but this has been my passion. I completely love what I do and I will tell you this. I'm gonna be honest and I'm gonna be very, very candid See, same shit again. I get passionate about shit and my watch think I'm working out. Um, but I will be very candid about something. There are some days that it it takes a toll on me to come to this mic. It does. Some days I'm just like, why? What? What is it all worth? Who gives a shit? Like, it literally is like, okay, how am I going to do it now? What am I going to do now? How? I, I just don't know. But remembering my love of music, remembering why I started this and, and, and taking my why factor. I'm taking my why factor not only into my career in in radio and media and whatever this is. I'm also taking it into my diet. Um, you guys have come along. If you've been down for the last three years, you come three, almost four years. It'll be four years in March. If you come along with this journey, this journey has been amazing. Like, you guys have even come along with the journey of watching me get my own house. Like, there are so many amazing things. So, thank you from the bottom of my heart for listening. Um, and I, like I said, I definitely hope that you guys watch the YouTube show and the channel. There's still stuff coming. There's also, you still have the audios that still come every week as well. So, I appreciate and love and respect every single person. Now, moving on, let's go into the album. What did I get down with? Uh, what year was it? Uh, who was it? Ah, 
best goddamn album ever. I still have it. And this was still when I was buying CDs. There were two CDs of this. Justin Timberlake's Future Sex Love Sound. Ah, that's my shit! Ah, that's my Yo, I love this album. The reason why that I love this album is also because this is also part of my love story. And I, I say that very frequently. It is definitely part of my love story. Um, the reason why is because before I get into all the, the as OB would say, all of the schematics of this particular album, um, I remember when, ooh, you know what? I might do that one next week. I just thought about something. Anyway, I, which will still be another part of my love story. Look at that. How you feel about that? Um... I remember when this album came out, we were, it was 2006, so my wife had just gotten her first car that she financed. It was a 2005 um, Chevy Cobalt. Um, we were, this was our first, the very first apartment. Um, we were in our first year of it, and we had to go through our second year, which we hated that apartment. Um, her brother lived with us. Um, at the time, which was so great. And we were just married because we got married in 2005. And 2006 came and Future Sex Love Sound came out. And at the time we had our studio set up. We were, you know, we were definitely thinking about making it, you know, a huge name for ourselves. We was going to be out here, you know, helping these rappers and producing and writing songs and engineering and so on and so forth. We were going to do all of that. And we were going to do it from, from the house. Note. Horrible idea. Um, but, but I remember my wife coming home from her job. She was working at corrections at the time and she came home and she was like, yo, I got the Justin Timberlake. I was like, yo, for real? Now, mind you, this is the second project from Justin Timberlake and Justified was the first album. So we put it in, we put it into the hard disk recorder and we let it play through the monitors. And I mean, the monitors that we had and have, cause Zodiac has those monitors now are studio quality and when i tell you listening to that album through those studio quality monitors was fucking amazing when i tell you timbaland can do no wrong and did amazing on this album this album is everything so let's get into it future sex love sounds i have to say it like that because that's just the way it is in my head is the second studio album by American singer songwriter Justin Timberlake, released on September 8, 2006 by Jive Records and its affiliate label, the Zomba Group of Companies. During a two-year hiatus, Timberlake resolved his feelings on being unable to record any new material and as he returned to record some new music, he began collaborating with the longtime record producer Timbaland along with uh, uh, alongside the latter's colleague Danja or Danja something like that the album's contents were produced at Timberland's Thomas Crown Studios I love that I love the fact that his studio is called that the album shares some lyrical themes with Timberlake's debut uh, well, yeah, with Timberlake's debut album Justified 2002, although Future Sex Love Sounds was influenced by a wider range of genres, including trance, funk, and rock, the reprise and interludes introspected 
or interest spread, sorry, on the album's tracks were created by the producer team with the goal of changing Timberlake's influences. Future Sex Love Sounds received mostly positive reviews from critics who noted its wide range of influences and collections of um, electronic sounds. The album produced six singles that attend, uh, attained chart-topping success, including U.S. Billboard Hot 100, number one single, Sexy Back, My Love, and What Goes Around come, Comes Around with Summer Love. And also, with Summer Love, the album achieved four U.S. mainstream top 40 number one songs. Many music publications considered it among the best albums of two, of the 2000s, aside from earning numerous best of the decade list, the album received several Grammy Award nominations, including Album of the Year and Best Pop Vocal Album, while its first four singles won their respective categories. It has been certified multi-platinum in many countries worldwide and has sold over 10 million copies with 4 million in the United States. The album has been added to the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame. I did not know that. Um, so it's been added to the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame's musical library and archive. It also considered by critics and fans to be one of Timberlake's best albums to date. It is, by the way. To further promote the album, Timberlake embarked on his second concert tour entitled Future Sex Love Sound, which became one of the highest grossing tours in 2007. So, real quick, uh, it is... So here's here's the thing. I remember listening to the read, and they kind of they read um, Justin. They really were like, eh, not really sure. Because what I've noticed from Justified to Future Sex Love Sounds is that Justin Timberlake has an affinity of using black. It's 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 a lot of a it's a lot of cultural cultural appropriation. The reason why I say that is because you have the tendency to use black producers when you want to get a sound because man of the um the 2020 experience was like that because it was also a lead off from this and he used Timbaland of course and he didn't use Timbaland for Man of the Woods and that project flopped like it flopped it really it really was bad it really did flop now I'm hearing that he's coming back with some new music and again it's supposed to be working with Timbaland, Swiss Beat, so on and so forth. So it's like I feel like you only use black artists when the when the time is convenient for you to use black artists. So, you know, that's why I have like a love hate with Justin Timberlake. Like I definitely I definitely yo, I'm definitely on like justified um Future Sex Love Sound and the twenty twenty experience. Like I love all three of those albums, those are great. But of course, yes, Man of the Woods, like, yo, I, it wasn't promoted well. Um, the time was changing in music at the time and like digital sales had started changing because once we got to that 2010 kind of situation, it, it really did change. But yeah, it was, it, it, he, he's a culture vulture and I, and, and as much as I, you know, I love, I love this album, even though he's a culture vulture, this album critically still did what it was, it was supposed to do. So a little background. In November 2002, Justin Timberlake released his debut album, Justified, and produced 
the U.S. top five single, Rock Your Body, and Crimea River. Crimea River, in particular, was credited to having helped the album sell and peak on the music charts. That was when we were, like, thirsty for freaking drama and gossip because he was going with Britney and he had like a Britney lookalike in the video and shit. Y'all remember that shit. That shit was great. Justified ended selling 4 million copies in the United States alone, although the album established Timberlake's career outside his then band in sync. Timberland, who was 22, damn, y'all was only 22 at the time? 22 years old at the time, was at a crossroads and felt he was at the stage of being burnt out and thought he had lost his voice in regards to knowing what and how he wanted to sing. Timberlake started, sorry, stated that Justify had been years in the making and a record that would recreate its success would be a challenge he was not ready to take. Okay, so I kind of get that. I I feel like Justified definitely had its own sound, and we were really excited that Justin Timberlake was, like, breaking out and doing his own thing. We were like, oh, shit. Oh, yeah, he was the lead. Like, you you saw him, like, yo, leaders, I will say this, leaders and groups have a hard, hard time. And we give leaders and groups a hard time all the time. Beyonce from Destiny's Child, Justin Timberlake from NSYNC, Cisco from Drew Hill. Like, we definitely give the leaders of a group a harder time. Like, Diana Ross and the Supremes. We we give them a harder time. Like, we, 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 we expect a lot from people. And sometimes you have to really understand everybody can't live up to those expectations. And sometimes they, they break. And, and they're not, you know, and I'm not saying that's what he said here, but... I, I do feel I'm like, yo, sometimes you don't even know what direction you're going to go in. So I'm glad that he did find a direction. And we got Future Sex Love Sound because, again, best fucking album. And I was, oh my God, like, uh, so that was like 2006. I was just still working in banking. And I think seven, eight, maybe three years later, I was going to be in like property management. Three three or four years that I was going to be in property management and then be, I was going to do a whole lot of stuff, but it was crazy. But yes, at least that time in the following years, Timberlake went, uh, partially idle in the music industry. He, uh, be, he, his being burnt out partly caused him to try to try acting in films, which actually he did an all right job when I, when you think about it in October, 2003, he hosted and was the guest musician. <laughs> I know where to go with this. Guest musician on the late night variety show Saturday Night Live, where he showcased his acting potential. He also prepared the American. <laughs> you know what? Pause real quick. So I will say this: I laugh because if anybody else knows this uh, and watches Saturday Night Live and they all, and knows that I love Funko Pops. I think, if I'm not mistaken, I think I saw it, but there is literally the sketch that they're talking about in this article is the the Saturday Night Live sketch when Justin Timberlake did Dick in a Box. I think, if I'm not mistaken, that they actually do have that Funko Pop for the Dick in a Box thing, and I think I might get it just because I think that is the funniest shit I have ever, ever seen in my life. That is one of the funniest SNL skits I have ever seen in my life. Um, He also... Sorry, paired up with actor Jimmy Fallon, 
on the Barry Gibbs talk show. After the show, Timberlake was reportedly inducted, uh, sorry, inundated with acting offers, which he readily accepted, partly because he needed inspiration and did not want to pass up on the opportunities. Before returning to music, Timberlake shot four films, including Edison Force in 2005 and Alpha Dog 2006, respectively. Timberlake opted not to pursue the reunion with NSYNC, which he considered after Justified. According to him, he was uh, how he would be portrayed after coming back. Um, so, you know, I, I... You know what? Since we're in the phase of, like reunions and so on and so forth and, and rebooting and shit I would like to see NSYNC maybe come back once you know maybe do something maybe maybe do an award show you know may, depending depending on when we come back after this whole quarantine thing that would be great mm-hmm. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. okay um so during the recording process in 2005 Timberlake felt inspired to record songs again motivated by the sad state of pop radio he decided he needed to experiment with music reportedly it was not until Timberlake turned to producer Timbaland that he figured out the direction he wanted to record he wanted the record to take in November 2005 Timberlake visited Timberland's brand new Thomas Crown studio in Virginia Beach Virginia. Let me tell you something. I, real quick. The fact that he said he would say Thomas Crown in a lot of the raps that he said Timberland I'm talking about prior to making that studio and just knowing I never knew until I read this that the studio was called Thomas Crown. I don't know what I thought his studio was called but I love that and it just it's nostalgic for me so I, I, I really remember that. Um Timberland had previously collaborated with Timberlake, uh, producing four tracks for Justified, including Cry Me a River. Best goddamn song. Make sure y'all take a listen to that. Once in the studio, however, the team had no clear direction for the album as there were no concepts being discussed. Aside from having Cry Me a River, a draw from... They uh, sorry. Aside from having Crimea River to draw from, they had no game plan and no working title for the new album. Timberlake thought that if he could make a record that would live up to Justify, he would have. So he asked Timberland if he could uh, reproduce the likes of Crimea River for by four or six times. While in the studio, Timbaland played on the stereo plenty of songs by American singers and musicians and musician prints for them to listen to. Early in their session, they reportedly were fooling around and freestyling. One night, Danja was playing a guitar riff and caught the attention of Timberlake, who then started humming to a melody and later sung the lyrics. Timberland, who was at their side, added drums into the pro- the progressing sound. 
After an hour, with no lyrics written on paper, Timberlake recorded in the vocal booth with a song that would become What Goes Around Comes Around. Timberland, sorry, Timberlake, excuse me, tease, Timberlake have been, having been teased by Timberland said to, have, to the latter, it's, let's do something we would never do. Let's go far left and just see what happens. I love that. I love that. Um, so let's see. So some of the music during the production of Future Less Sex Love Sound, Timberlake was interested in rock music. This ins- inspiration was used in his approach in recording the songs rather than in compassing them. Timberlake reveals, I wanted to sing the song like a rock and roll singer, not an R&B singer. Sorry, sir, you got R&B. You did not get rock and roll. I don't know what you mean on that. On the influences he drew from, he said that the that if Justified was characterized by Michael Jackson, Stevie Wonder, Future Sex Love Sound is more like David Bowie and Prince. I could see that. I could see that. Other influences include late INX uh, frontman Michael Hutchinson, um, Arcade Fire, David Bryan, The Killers, The Strokes, and Radiohead. I could I could see that. I could see where some of those influences did come in in that. Although Timberlake experienced interest in recording songs with rock influences, Timberland was initially reluctant to pursue the idea because he was not a accustomed to producing such music. Nonetheless, he str- he suggested that they could produce a handful since they were afraid of alienating Timberlake's urban fan base. Because of this concern, they produced several reprised encores and preludes with a rock influence instead of a full length song. Oh, so that was probably why like when you listen to the the album, um it kind of felt like there were other parts that flowed into other parts. Oh, that was ingenious. I never thought about that. Go back and listen to this album. I'm trying to tell y'all like this is Oh, okay. That I, I that was something that just actually kind of occurred to me like when you really hear it and hear it as as it, its entirety it flows in really differently than a lot of other a lot of other albums um as to the sound of future sex love song my love the second song composed steered the album's direction donja revealed and i hope i'm not butchering the name that it changed the whole album and the energy derived from the song was sustained throughout the pro- the process. On his inspired inspiration for the influence of R&B with trance on this album, Daja Remembers, um, I heard dance and techno and also inserted in it, but didn't really know where to go. But I went to the club one night and saw the people were losing their minds to the dance tracks. It wasn't really that I wanted to mimic the sound. I just wanted to have the energy and have people go crazy. So I knew the fusion was putting R&B with trance. Okay. Um, I love, I love that. I think that that is definitely one of the other things that they did. Uh, let's, talk about the 
lyrical we're going to talk about the lyrical content and we'll talk about the singles and then we'll I don't think we'll talk about the reception because you know the reception was amazing and we kind of hit the reception. But I do want to talk touch on the the lyrics though. Lyrics, most of the songs lyrics were not written down on paper. As Timberland believed, uh, sorry, as Timberlake believed it would only slow him down. A lot of artists kind of feel that way though. For most of the album's production, Timberlake composed the lyrics in his head and will record the song shortly after. Some songs were, uh, conceptualized within a relative shorter time, while others took longer because Timberlake had wanted to incorporate variations. For instance, the lyrics to Losing My Way. Oh, that's a good song were in a narrative style which took Timberlake longer to write. The uh, the the only song that Timberlake wrote down on paper was the Rick Rubin produced another song all over again. Rubin felt it was unusual for Timber it was unusual for Timberlake because he requested the latter to write the lyrics first instead of recording it directly in the vocal booth. Sharing common themes with Justify, Future Sex Love Sound contains songs that are the the mm, I'm gonna fuck this word up, sorry. Themically based on and according to Timberlake, were motivated by sex and love. MTV editor Jennifer God damn it. Um let's see. MTV editor Jennifer Vanguard summarized that the album's illustrations the very nature of how sex and love are interchangeable and immutable and coordinated and contemporary all at once. Um, the first half of the album, Future Sex, generates focus on themes about sex and are evident on songs like the title track, Future Sex Love Sound, Love Stoned, Damn Girl and Sexy Lady. The second half, Love Sounds, is the album's sweet side, um, accompanying songs such as My Love, The Slow Jam, and, 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 sorry, and The Slow Jam until the end of time and what goes around comes around. Meanwhile, Love Stone transitions to a two minute prelude, I Think She Knows. Although themes of sex and love are dominant on the album, the or do, sorry are dominant on the album. The song "Lose My Losing My Way" diverges to more serious topics, which was inspired by a documentary of crystal meth addicted addictions that Timberland uh, Timberlake watched. I'm, I must be more on a Timberland vibe because I keep saying his name. Meanwhile, another song. All over again is a homage of soul musician Donny Hathaway. Oh, right. Oh, that song is so good. I forgot about that. I remember him talking about that on MTV. Um, all over again is a, is a homage to soul musician Donny Hathaway. According to Timberlake, the lyrics to what goes around comes around are the, are thought to have similar meaning to Crimea River. In an interview, he revealed that the song was based on one of his friends' experience. My Love 
was also noted as arguably similar to Crimea River. Timberlake, however, confirmed in many interviews that the record is not autobiographical, although he himself had experiences um, from which he had to draw to. Okay, so you had singles that were on the album like Sexy Back, which also gave you a very falsetto range in his his situation. Um, My Love, What Goes Around Comes Around, which we talked about, which are some of the main singles. Um, Summer Love, which was also good. Um, In this time with the singles, a lot of that stuff, they did compare him to Usher. Um, And I think that Justin really carved out his own lane. Um... A lot of great critical reception to this album. Everyone really loved it. And again, it really did push forward. I I love the way that Justin did his own thing. He really did. But I would be remiss to not say that it, it did feel like a lot of those things were inserted. But one of the things that I think that we did find that it was inserted like that, like he wanted to have more of a rock sound and so on and so forth. But you're also working with a producer that is hip hop and R and B, so you know you got that, you got that that sound within it. I would play some of my favorite songs for it, but we are definitely running on an hour and a half right now. And that's because I had to rant and rave about the bullshit. So I am not going to, um, but we will go over some of the songs. Let's go over the track list. Track list is track lists are very important and the way in which you order your stuff. Let me say that. That's another thing. This is the other thing that I'm going to say, and then I'm going to get into the track list. Artist, every artist out there, whether you're rapping, whether you're singing, whether you're rock, whatever, please, please, please. It is my favorite part of recording i actually hate i love writing i do love writing i do love getting behind the booth but i i don't always love the process per se however one of the best processes ever is listening to all of the songs and placing them in a track order that shit is everything love it to death um and when i say that it can make or break an album. It can definitely make or break an album. It can make you feel like, yo, this album is everything or this album is garbage. So be very consistent on how you do your track listing. Anyway, going back into the first thing was Future Sex Love Sound, which was the main title. Then you get Sexy Back. You get uh, Sexy Lady, Let Me Talk to You, My Love, uh, Love Stone, I Think She Knows, fucking amazing song. What Goes Around Comes Around. And again, that starts to chop up and feel the... um the feel of it then it says uh chop me up which features good good mix chop me up which also features three six mafia and timbaland damn girl which features will i am um you have the summer love prelude you have until the end of time lose myself and uh another song all over again which again closes out and it's just very falsetto very good Yo, definitely listen to this album if you have not. It is an amazing, amazing album. I always say it every week, and I don't never pick anything that I don't love, but I loved this album. I mean, let me tell you another reason I loved it, and I know I'm, I'm, we're going to get out of here because I know I'm not going to waste y'all time tonight. Um, But I remember listening to this album, and I was hot. Oh, oh my God, I was hot. Oh, I was so hot, Jesus. Daniel, my motherfucking brother, you can attest to this. We listened to this shit and I laid on that floor. And I think the best thing about this album was the fact that with Timbaland behind the board and behind the beats, Timbaland's sound was so sonic. 
that it just it did something it did something crazy to like the body and you could you could feel it and this album is like that there are only i'll be honest with you there are only a few albums one i don't recommend getting high but if you choose to that's what you think well, i smoked weed that was it but one of the main things that i will say was the the maybe the three or four albums that are really good okay so three albums that are really really good that are like that i know for sure definitely future sex love sound because that's what we're talking about um erica badu's um you can't call my phone um the mix that mixtape definitely listen to that and if you listen to that high that shit is awesome oh sorry there's four um biggie's ready to die listen to it from beginning to end high this shit is fucking awesome and listen to the miseducation lauren hill high all the way around it is something that will get you in your feel feels your feely feels the shit is awesome anyway uh we have come to the end of the episode i have not given y'all an hour and a half episode in so long and that this is an hour and a half so that don't mean nothing when i still had to add music so I'll do all my things um but let's do this like this y'all don't forget you can find your boy everywhere you need to be you feel what i'm saying to you you can find me at google music youtube soundcloud um spotify all of the things so make sure that y'all check me out um then in addition don't forget to kick that lyric that we started at the beginning of this episode let me know make sure y'all hit all my social medias let me know i'm gonna repost tonight and then in addition don't forget my man obstacle beats and fda kenny because the boy didn't change his name 500 times but fda kenny sent me these beats so all of those beats are on the uh the the show um so when you hear those make sure y'all go check them out don't forget to check out butter for every season i really appreciate them thank them so much for sponsoring the show um i absolutely 100 percent love y'all for listening like i cannot thank you enough for listening through the show even listening through a pandemic i hope that i get y'all through i really really do don't forget fear false evidence appearing real it's only real in your mind if you make it real now let me say this this pandemic is real it is but it's only real in your mind if you make it real and you need to make things happen and make them real justin did not have a idea of where he was going but he made it real he made it happen. He knew that he wanted to be a front man. And there's nothing wrong with that. Alright, y'all. So, y'all just tuned into another episode of Kicking It With Young Smooth. That's me. Is that me? That's me. Now, uh, don't you feel good about it? Alright, I know you do. I will see y'all next week. Let's go. Alright, y'all. Peace. <laughs>